And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And please be seated and good morning. Children will be happy to know that this is a heavy, wet snow, a great snowman making, snow fort making, snowballs. Dad's not so much. Uh, make sure mom breaks out a hot beverage and some leave for that back. Our thoughts this morning come from our Old Testament reading, and if you have your Bibles or, or pads, uh, I'd invite you to turn to that reading in Deuteronomy, uh, beginning in chapter 18. I've always held a fascination with those who were in the Bible who bore the mantle of prophet. These were men and women who carried a heavy anointing and empowered them not only to hear the heart and the voice of God, but it also gifted them with the empowerment to speak the word and message of the Almighty. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to share. For Paul reminds us in, in, in the beginning of Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Many of these prophets are household names uh, to even the most casual Bible reader. I suspect if quizzed, many could identify men like Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Jonah. Others might even list Huldah, the prophetess. The identity of some of these prophets are known only to God and the contemporaries of those prophets. Like the one that holds my fascination, the one that 1 Kings 13 simply identifies as an old prophet. From the time of the Exodus, when the father spoke, he spoke through the prophetic voice. This was in part, as our morning's reading told us, that the voice of the Almighty was terrifying. Uh, the gospel gives us a, 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 just a tiny glimpse of what the voice of the father sounded like, where those who heard it, it sounded like thunder. Uh, for those who may have had the pleasure or displeasure, depending on your assignment, of being stationed in Germany uh, during the 80s when the Cold War was raging, where uh, the altitude, where the speed and altitude restrictions aren't as, as stringent as they are here, uh, those who have heard a sonic boom rarely forget what a sonic boom sounds like, and I imagine that's probably the closest approximation of what the voice of God sounds like, because when God opened his mouth, it split the atmosphere as much as a, as much as a German tornado screaming at supersonic speeds over the Vaser River. Uh, they were terrified, and, as one, and it was one that the Israelites begged not to hear. And it was for this reason that, that Moses declared beginning in 1815, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me among you from your brothers. It is to him that you'll listen to, just as you desired of the Lord at your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when he said, let us not hear again the voice of, of the Lord. May God uh, or may God or see the great fire anymore lest I die. It was from this moment that, that, this moment forward, that the direct voice of God would rarely be heard again. He would speak now through his anointed, 
And their words, the words of those anointed were captured and today comprised the lion's share of, of the Old Testament body. Now these, these prophets were under great responsibility. And we, when we consider the responsibility and the standard for the prophets. In retrospect, we'd safely conclude that few of those who, upon the mantle of prophet fell would consider their vocation light and joyful. I, it wasn't as joyous and happy as, as baptizing a baby or uh, administering communion to the first time for a child. It was none of that. These were men who were feared and whose presence wasn't welcome at all by those whose lives made them enemies of God. Kings like Saul... Ahab, Zedekiah secretly quaked as they knew that Samuel, Elijah, and Jeremiah could see right through them. They had their number, and they, brought, they carried the Lord's message of rejection and condemnation. Other kings like David and Josiah, who feared the Lord, took counsel in, in these men and took their words deadly seriously. Moses provides a good job description, if you'll have it, of what the prophet's job was. Verse 18 says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among your brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he, he will speak in my name, I myself uh, will require it of them. I once read a description in an army recruiting flyer when I was in high school, when I was considering what branch of the service to serve in, and I picked up one for the infantry. And it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. The question asked, what does an infantryman do? He does what he's told, succinctly. Uh, and the job description of the prophet was a lot like that. The prophet was, was to go where they were told and to tell what they were told. In a time when the best conveyance may have been a donkey, they crisscrossed Judea and Israel, bringing exhortation or condemnation, depending on the message, to those that God would have them speak to. Far from being a prosperity or positive thinking teachers, these were grim and deadly serious. They were grim and deadly serious in the conduct of, of their missions. This calling was such that a prophet sometimes needed a little additional divine encouragement that might come either through a divine visitation inside a dark cave or even, in one case, a ride to their destination in the belly of a, of a fish to make sure they got there on time. Recipients of this prophetic message ignored it at their own peril. Not only do we read of individuals like Ahab and his wife who came to a bad end for despising the prophetic, ultimately we would see Israel and Judea uh, swept into exile uh, for their stubborn and serial disobedience to the word of God and the admonition of his messengers. But this was, this was a two-edged sword. 
and we see that, that, you know, the warning was not only for the hearers, but the warning was also for the prophet himself. Verse 20 tells us, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not get commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet will die. God, the God who is a consuming fire did not play around. Just as the sons of Aaron tragically learned the penalty for disobedience, the prophet who spoke uh, a message that verified from the command, or one who was perchance foolish enough to speak on behalf of a false god, which we know is a lying spirit, he would die. Even the disobedient prophet knew this instinctively that speaking something beyond what the Lord declared would be a fatal mistake and one without a do-over, which we saw in the life of, of Balaam, who was hardly a pillar of prophets, if you'll have it, but one who knew full well that if he were to curse Israel, uh, he would not live to see the end of the day for doing that. There would be no do-over, as we said. Now, the prophet's mission and mandate were clear-cut with the stakes for, for, along with the stakes for, and penalty for disobedience. Because of this, under Mosaic law, only a fool would presume to, to proclaim themselves a prophet. Now let's take a three-millennia leap forward from the desert wilderness uh, into the, from, of the Sinai and into our contemporary period. Since the 1980s, with the inception of the, of the third wave charismatic movement, we have found ourselves in a wash in a growing number of would-be prophets who assumed for themselves the, ma the prophetic mantle. In fact, we encountered more than a few of them in the morass of our most recent election season. Their presence brought a polarity which served to inject even further confusion and con controversy into an already charged environment. Interestingly, these prophets have told us many times it is possible to get it wrong or mistakenly prophesy a declaration that craters into the earth. God's, God's words on this and God's counsel on this are stark and they would declare that these are not mistakes. These are false prophecies. His command towards that false prophet is equally stark. 20, verse 22 tells us that when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously, and you need not fear, be afraid of him. And this contemporary phenomenon of modern-day prophets is a stark departure from what we, we, we see in more classic, the more classical Pentecostalism of both churches like the Assembly and the Churches of God. Neither of these churches would countenance the idea of a contemporary apostle or prophet. And I, I'll also defend this, this truth on a, on a few levels, least of all the witness of Scripture, where the writer of Hebrews reminds us in his opening words. Long ago, 
at many times in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who he anointed the heir of all things. Through him, he has also created the world. Now, prophets and their prophecy were, were absolutely critical to revealing the word and heart of God. But yet, in the incarnation, the will of the Father was fully revealed. There would be no need for further revelation of, 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 as through the Christ, the Father's will was not only revealed, but it was accomplished. And if we look critically in the rearview mirror over, over the, the centuries following Christ's uh, incarnation and, 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 and ascension into, into back to heaven, that... When a, fall, when a false prophet or a would-be presumptuous prophet would come up with a, mess, a new message, a new revelation, more times than last than not, that ended tragically in the birth of a new cult that took the shipwrecked, the, the faith of untold thousands or millions. So much as even to, in our, in our day, relatively in our day, when we look back to the 70s where a prophet named Jim Jones came with a new revelation and took a thousand people into the jungles of Guyana only, only to have them slaughtered. So in light, in light of this, we should be dubious of one who would claim to be either an apostle or prophet. Understanding, as he said, that many of those who have done this have shipwrecked the faith of, of untold, an untold number. So what can we conclude on this this morning? We, sh- we can and should offer thanks for those anointed of God, by God who called the faithful, pointing them to the heart of God. Greater still, let us offer thanks for Jesus Christ, our prophet, our priest and our king, the one who not only called us, but the one who reconciled us to the holy God. And this morning, let us follow after him hard and relentlessly. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.